Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskag Today. Coming up on today's program, the second and final day of the Grain Expo at Canadian Western Agribition in Regina wrapped up yesterday. We'll have details from retired agri-news journalist Jim Smalley, who was the MC for the two-day event. A nonprofit organization is at Agribition raising awareness of a program that offers an opportunity to gain experience and skills on a farm overseas or here in Canada for foreigners. We'll hear from Tamara Stephanie about a way to work. And, as well, the Federal Conservative Shadow Minister for Agriculture held a news conference in Ottawa Tuesday. John Barlow was calling on the Senate to pass Bill C-234 in its current form. We'll have what he has to say coming up on today's program. All of those stories and much more on today's edition of SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Special. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, it's bright and sunny here in the Yorkton area today, but looks can be deceiving when it comes to the temperature outside. Yeah, it looks like a great day if you're uh, sitting behind a nicely insulated window and maybe in a blanket or two. Minus 8, though, will be the best we can do this afternoon. Now, that's not far from normal. Normal high this time of year, minus 6, so it is below normal. And it certainly is cold because we have had a very decent stretch of weather. A couple of cold days along the way, but it has not been below normal more than, I don't think, a handful of times so far this season. So certainly the, the, we're feeling the cold and the wind is not helping either. That's been averaging around 20 through the morning and very slowly diminishes through the afternoon. So the wind chill stays closer to minus 20 than minus 10 most of the time, even as we get into those minus single numbers this afternoon. The wind is lighter, though, tonight, and uh, there are some indications that the temperature really wants to bottom out, and I don't think it's going to do that for most of us, just because it comes around into the west-southwest and starts to very slowly increase again. And once it does that, pretty much any free fall we're in is going to stop. Having said that, some of us will have a chance to free fall before it gets there. So on the average tonight, our low is about minus 15, but it would not be the least bit surprising to see some areas get down as cool as minus 18, while some areas stop around minus 12. So a fairly sizable range tonight, really based on wind exposure more than anything else. A west to southwest flow is the one we're watching for. That wind picks up a little bit through the day tomorrow, but just as the temperature, the free fall stops tonight, the temperature comes up fairly quickly for the later nighttime hours, last couple of hours of the night, and then through the day tomorrow. So we're up to minus 2. 
The wind is up. It's not going to feel very warm with wind at times close to 30. That'll keep the wind chill near minus 10, warmer than today. Temperature and wind chill both, but uh, still not bad. And it's dry. It stays dry with uh, very little cloud cover at all for tonight, for tomorrow. Even tomorrow night, we'll call it clear to partly cloudy, but it's the later part of the night when that cloud cover starts to mix back in. We only drop to minus 5 tomorrow night. The wind is still up through the evening. That stops the early drop. And then a front approaching with some cloud cover stops the later nighttime drop. So overall, Saturday, by looking at the day as a whole, very well above normal. It's just not going to be that much of a climb from that minus 5. We're near zero. Late day, some snow sets up. It's a quick shot of snow, likely a very light accumulation, maybe a centimeter, maybe two. And then uh, the wind will be picking up, and that means I think we'll see a lot more blowing in the afternoon than accumulating into the evening, too. That wind is staying strong. The temperatures the next few days beyond that are really tricky. And I can tell you it's going to be likely around minus 7 Sunday afternoon and likely around minus 7 Monday afternoon. Having said that, I can tell you, I have not told you a thing about the weather because we're going to see temperatures really bouncing all over the place, day, night, and weather in and out, maybe a flurry or two Sunday. 90% of the day Sunday is dry, calling it mostly cloudy with flurries, probably starting the day with bright sunshine, probably finishing the day with bright sunshine, but a large enough stretch in the middle where there's a lot of cloud cover, and the temperature likely comes down a bit through the afternoon so that we really free fall down to the minus teens for Sunday night. Minus 15, minus 17 out of the question. And then Monday, minus 7 mid-afternoon, cloud cover thickens up. Could be a few flurries, some light snow, some light accumulation from that. And our high for Monday is likely closer to zero. Maybe minus 1, minus 2, but we'll get there somewhere around 11.59 in a few seconds Monday night. And temperatures Tuesday will continue this wobble. We really won't stabilize until late week. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at minus 9 degrees. Swan River minus 11. Dauphin and Brandon minus 10. Show Lake Russell and Roblin minus 13. Regina, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington all reporting in at minus 11. Saskatoon minus 12, Hudson Bay minus 10. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, a north-northwest wind at 18 kilometers an hour. 57% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 10 degrees with the wind chill, it feels more like minus 17 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of minus 3 degrees and dropped to a low of minus 14 degrees. There was no precipitation recorded in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is minus 6 degrees. The normal low is minus 15 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 8.20 this morning, and it will set at 4.52 this afternoon. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday. The Manitoba hot spot was Morden at plus 1 degree. The cold spot was Tadouli Lake at minus 20 degrees. The Saskatchewan hot spot yesterday was Maple Creek at plus 10 degrees. The cold spot was Key Lake at minus 23 degrees. GX94, AgriView. 
the ice. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. This futures canola market moved within a wide range during the week ended yesterday, hitting some of its best levels in a month before running into resistance at the highs. With traders in the United States moving to the sidelines for the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday, activity should be thin and choppy until Monday. Speculators moving money around accounted for much of the activity, with movement in the Chicago soybean market in reaction to Brazilian weather forecasts another feature. While canola fell yesterday, the nearby trend is still pointing higher. That's according to markets farm analyst Mike Jubinville. With speculative fund traders holding a large net short position in canola, he expects the January contract will need to close above $735 per metric ton to trigger a more sustained move higher, with $750 the next upside target. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has slightly adjusted its supply and demand estimates for November. AAFC published its latest outlook for principal field crops on Tuesday. Of Canada's major crops, the department left the 2023-24 ending stocks for canola at 1 million metric tons and all wheat at 3.6 million, while all other reported crops were left unchanged. Exports for 2023-24 were much the same, with canola standing pat at 7.7 million tons and all wheat at 21.3 million. There were small tweaks to barley, easing back to 2.73 million metric tons, and oats dipped to 2.4 million. As for this year's domestic usage, AAFC included several slight alterations, but left canola at 10.274 million metric tons, and all wheat at 8.718 million. The November report is AAFC's last before Statistics Canada issues its survey-based production report scheduled for December 4th. With most of Manitoba's sunflower harvest believed to be almost complete for 2023, yields have proven to be better than expected. That's according to Dennis Lang at Manitoba Agriculture. He notes Manitoba yields were estimated at 2,500 to 2,800 pounds per acre. Earlier this fall, those yields came in at 2,000 to 2,400 pounds per acre, which was better than the forecast for 1,990 from Statistics Canada. When Manitoba Agriculture published its last crop report of 2023 on October 24th, it listed the sunflower harvest at 58% complete province-wide. At that time, 80% of sunflowers in the central region had been combined, with 60% each in the eastern and interlake regions, while 35% was harvested in the southwest. With decent weather lately for southern Manitoba, Lang placed the sunflower harvest at around 95% complete, with the interlake still somewhat behind. It's the time of year when seed companies roll out their latest soybean offerings, and growers will have dozens of new varieties to choose from in 2024. They'll also have expanded options from Nutrien Ag Solutions in the future. Loveland Products Incorporated, a subsidiary of Nutrien, recently announced its acquisition of a soybean breeding program from BASF. The program includes breeding sites in Marion, Arkansas, 
and Leland, Mississippi, adding to Nutrien's in-house seed portfolio under the Loveland Products Dynagro brand. In the announcement, Nutrien states that by integrating innovative technologies, breeding and agronomy specific to soybeans, the company aims to provide whole acre solutions that enable soybean growers to realize the full potential of their crops. Health Canada is lifting a ban on blood donations from people who lived or traveled in the United Kingdom, Ireland or France for long periods of time in the 1980s and 1990s. The decades-long rule was a precaution to prevent the transmission of BSE through blood transfusions from people who had a higher likelihood of being exposed. Canadian Blood Services says almost 30 years of research and surveillance has made it clear that people who weren't eligible to donate under the travel criteria can do so safely. The agency's medical officer says lifting the ban will not impact the safety of the blood supply and will allow thousands more people to donate much-needed blood. The news came hours after Health Canada authorized HEMA Quebec, which manages the blood supply in Quebec, to remove the same ban. The change takes effect across Canada on December 4th. And that's today's Ag Review. It's time now to head back out once again to Tanya Cherry. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and minus 10 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at 1 o'clock. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. The second and final day of the Grain Expo at Canadian Western Agribition in Regina wrapped up yesterday. Retired agri-news journalist Jim Smalley was the MC for the two-day event and he says it didn't disappoint. It was a very interesting second day of the Grain Expo at Canadian Western Agribition. We had Dan McCann, founder and CEO of Precision AI, talk about the future of farming. And drones are the future for spraying and crop monitoring. It's a future revolution in farming, according to him. He sees increased precision, increased yields, and you will use 50 to 70% less spray. It's not yet legal in Canada. It is being done, but it's not yet legal in Canada. But he says that will soon change. Also today, the Water Security Agency gave a presentation, and the room was full. There was, the room uh, registration is approximately 800 for the two-day sh- uh, grain expo, and it was full this morning. The interesting material from the Water Security Agency discussed the wetlands and the fact that 86% of Saskatchewan wetlands are still intact. So we've drained a lot of wetlands, yes, but 86% of them are still intact. And proper drainage, they said, studies have found in, in Saskatchewan, they expect, proper drainage can increase the gross domestic product, that's the economic growth, by 15%. But it must be done responsibly. That's to avoid you know, downstream flooding, to avoid other problems. Leah Clark from the Water Security Agency spoke of ramping up irrigation in the province. I think it was like 15,000 acres last year, the year before. They're looking at 50,000 this coming year or two. And the Lake Diefenbaker project was one of several she outlined. Lake Diefenbaker project, which of course has been talked about in length, is one of the major projects and they're looking at expanding the acreage for irrigated area in Saskatchewan by roughly $340,000. This is a preliminary look because it must be affordable to farmers. And that's uh, kind of some of the highlights for day two of the Grain Expo. 
Smalley adds that the huge attendance at the two-day grain expo bodes well for the future of agriculture. It says that there's a really good topics and a lot of interest among farmers for looking at things like today's other topics included uh, farm succession, how to move the family farm from one generation to the next, and also digitizing your farm. In other words, more high-tech material. So those were two other topics. And also they had uh, a fellow from the Crop Development Centre in Saskatoon discussing, you know, the development of new crops and the return on investment is 12 to 1 for every dollar that they put into crop breeding and crop development, $12 comes back to the economy in Saskatchewan, so certainly well worthwhile. The Grain Expo was held in conjunction with Canadian Western Agribition in Regina. It's time now for the livestock market conditions and they're a presentation of Heartland Livestock in Yorkton. Livestock Market Conditions. The U.S. livestock markets are closed today due to the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. And now it's time for the Heartland Livestock Report from Yorkton. Good afternoon. This is a Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of November the 22nd. A huge run this week with 29.60 in the short and 490 cows and bulls, a total of 34.50 for the week. Cows and bulls trading steady with last week. D1, D2 cows, 120 to 130. Sales to 130.31. D3 cows, $1 to $1.20. These older, weaker, thinner, blemished cows trading anywhere from 60 to 90. Cows are averaging 115. From that good telly area, 1,500 pound cows, they topped out at 135. Good bulls, 132 to 142. Sales to 144, 145. Bulls are averaging 134. From that good Invermay area, 2,050-pound bulls, they topped out at 148. On to the pre-sort sale. What a sale we had. This feeder market surely rebounded this week. These buys were quite aggressive, and the quality of feeders that came in was also a factor. Listen up. We had some little steers, 330-pounders at 462. 420-pound tan steers at 460. 500-pound steers at 417. We had 116 black steers weighing 500 pounds. They topped at 412. 575 pound steers at $4. We had 126 black steers weighing 570, and they topped out at 397. 650 pound steers at 380. My favorite 10, 710 pound tan steers, 340. The 780 pound steers at 324, and 850 pound steers at 290. We had some yearling steers here, 800. 90-pound yearling steers, they topped out at 285. On to the heifer trade. We had some little red heifers, 350 pounds at 416. The 420-pound heifers at 403. 500-pound black heifers at 355. 575-pound heifers, 331. The 650s at 318. And 710-pound heifers at 302. Highlight of the morning, 89 tan steers, 635 pounds. They topped out at 380. You couldn't make them better than that. And uh, we had some little red black exotic heifers, 420 pounders. They topped out at 403. All in all, a very good day for all our producers selling in the pre-sort. A job well done. And this Friday, November 24th at 11 o'clock, bread cow, bread heifer sale. We have some pairs coming in. Two herd dispersals and two herd reductions. The, a massy family of Melville selling reds and blacks, bread for April 1st. The Lundegale family from Silver Lake, Manitoba, selling blacks and speckles, bread black. 
That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And it's time now to check in once again with Tanya Cherry. One more time from Esther Hazy Ford, and this is it's the dealership that you want to come to, especially when I swear it's the only dealership around who can say, we have so many vehicles on our lot, we need to get rid of them to make more room. Nobody says that now, right, Mike? Oh, I mean, the, we've got just so much inventory right now, it needs to go. So we're giving away wicked discounts on all of our vehicles, no matter what. Come on down, let's talk, let's have coffee, let's go for a couple test drives, because trust me, if the one truck won't work for you, we got another one that will. If that one won't, then we got another one for you as well. If that one doesn't work, oh boy. That means we got to order you a new truck. And the 2024 F-150 is amazing looking. Go check it out online and then build the truck of your dreams or even SUV, car, Bronco, you name it. If you want that beautiful Mustang dark horse, we've sold one already. And trust me, the driver absolutely loves it. It is an amazing, powerful car. If you want one, let's order you that dark horse vehicle because we can do that here. Come make it custom. Why settle when you can get it your way? Plus, I mean, we're just all around fun. There's a reason why we're Esther Easy Nice at Esther Easy Ford. Yes, there is. Come and see us today. Again, they are open 24-7, EstherHazyFord.com, uh, 306-745-6355, or, of course, Junction of Highway 80 and 22. We'll see you down here at Esther Hazy. Welcome back to Saskag Today. A nonprofit organization is at Agribition, raising awareness of a program that offers an opportunity to gain experience and skills on a farm overseas or here in Canada for foreigners. A Way to Work is run by International Rural Exchange Canada. Tamara Stephanie is the organization's inbound coordinator for the program. She says it's for anyone 18 to 35 years old who is interested in working in a variety of agriculture industries. That's correct. We have um, cropping placements, equine, livestock, uh, beef and dairy cattle, a variety of placement opportunities in horticulture and viticulture as well. And on the outbound side, if someone's looking to take a gap year and they don't have as much work experience, they could go into a hospitality or au pair type position um, as a, just a high school graduate. A paid work placement, whether abroad or in Canada, typically lasts 3 to 12 months. Stephanie notes her daughter participated in the program. Well, my daughter went abroad this summer. She did a hospitality placement in the UK, and for her, I really saw a huge personal growth. Um, just her confidence and the way that she is willing to try anything now. Um, she really grew in, in terms of her confidence for sure. Um, our outbound participants in agriculture come back saying that they have a renewed passion for agriculture and they want to pursue a career in the industry. And on the hosting side, we have farms that tell us that they could not do what they do without trainees on their farm. And they really make lifelong connections. I just talked with a host family the other day who um, went this summer to a wedding in Europe of a trainee that was on their farm 10 years ago. So these aren't, um, you know, just short-term workers that come to your farm, often they'll become a part of your family and you'll maintain a connection with them much into the future. Stephanie adds it's great to have on a resume. Whether it's related to the industry that you choose to go into or it's a gap year experience like hospitality, employers will see that and appreciate the soft skills that you've gained. Adaptability, um, 
appreciation for other cultures, ability to work with anyone, anywhere, and just the fact that you took the risk of going out and working abroad is very attractive to an employer. Several European countries, New Zealand, the UK, the US, and Japan are places that participants can do their work experience. Peyton Van Kennel, who is from the Camros, Alberta area, took part in the program from the fall of 2021 to Christmas 2022 to put her university degree to use and to build her skill set. During that time, she first worked at a ranch in Washington State before working at a riding school in Ireland, then another farm in Sweden. It's a lot because it's not only just the skill set that I have in agriculture, but also soft skills, like just being open-minded, confident in yourself, uh, being able to problem solve. Um, and one of my, I actually worked in Sweden as well in a dressage barn. And one story I always like to tell is uh, my first time grocery shopping, um, everything was in Swedish. So I wasn't quite sure what I was buying. So Google Translate and the help of strangers was, was a great asset. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was just uh, a different experience, you know, just being able to problem solve and, and figure out things in the heat of the moment. Um, but then also just being able to take stuff back to my own family farm. Um, like, for example, we never used to use ultrasound to preg check our, our cows. And now that's all we do because I saw how well it worked um, when I was working in Washington. So just things like that, implementing some different rotational raising practices, stuff like that, that you just get away from what you're used to and try something different. She encourages people to consider getting involved in the program. I would say definitely do it. Um, if you are interested, you can contact us at awaytowork.ca or email us at travel at awaytowork.ca. Um, you can find us on our website and we have a lot of information there if you just want to check things out and see if it's something you'd be interested in. Um, and our outbound team, we set up one-on-one -on -one interviews with all of our potential trainees and then they can just have that one-on-one, -on -one, get to see you know what they want to do, where they want to go, things like that. So yeah, if you're interested in traveling abroad, this is a great and safe way to do it. You can find their booth at the Affinity Plex, that's at Canadian Western Agribition in Regina. Please stay tuned, your Commodities Update is coming up next. A message from Commodities Update. Canola futures are trading down across the board right now. January canola trading at 696.30, down $13.40. March canola trading at $701 per metric ton, down $13.30. The rest of the grain and oil seed markets are closed today due to the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. Please stay tuned, Saskag Today. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. Ariana Dick has been crowned the first Miss Rodeo Agribition. She was ecstatic when her name was called last night. I was overjoyed. I was There's so many emotions running through my body. I'm pretty sure I cried. Uh, I just remember feeling tears running down my face and, and everyone just smiling at me and giving me hugs. And it was just, it felt really out of body almost. Like I never thought in a million years I would be in a position like this. And for it to happen, I'm, I'm so grateful for Agribition, Agribition in total 
eight-year-old me is like is is screaming right now because I'm making a childhood dream for myself come true that I honestly never knew I had because um, I grew up watching Miss Rodeo Canada get crowned every year and and I never thought I'd be a rodeo queen myself but here I am and, and I'm, I'm so thrilled for what the year is going to bring. Harry adds her family and friends were proud when her name was called last night during the Maple Leaf Finals Rodeo. I had my parents in the crowd, a bunch of friends, uh, and, and some other people that I went to school with who didn't even know I was running in this because I, I tried to keep it a little bit on the down low because I didn't want to jinx anything, of course. But my parents are extremely proud of me. Um, to be in a role like this, it, I've, I feel I hope I've made my parents very proud. My friends are just so overjoyed for me. They ran up to me, gave me a big hug. They bought me flowers and just the support my friends and family have shown me over the last two days has been incredible and it showed me that no matter what I do I have a support system in place for me and that means the absolute world to me. Not only did she win a crown but for the next year she will be the ambassador for Canadian Western Agribition. So I'm, I'm so grateful to be attending any events with them that they need me at and that I would love to I would love to participate in any event that I am invited to and I I can't wait to go to different events meet a ton of people and yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great there's gonna be a lot of really cool things coming um, so stay tuned <laughs> she then talks about the different aspects of the rodeo queen competition yes there were campaigns um, we me and the other two contestants we we had social media uh, influence we had media um, media presence and we did interviews and but it was it was a also a competition we had a horsemanship competition uh, Tuesday morning uh, it was at 8 a.m. in the Brant Center and um, and then we had a personal interview in front of a panel of judges and then yesterday Wednesday at 10 a.m. we had a public speaking event at the Bud Light loading chute um, in front of the stage and, and anyone who was walking by could stop by and hear our presentations, hear our speeches. The 19-year-old from White City, just outside of Regina, is a welder, which was the theme of her speech. She talks about the challenges of a woman being in the trades. The thing that people don't really know is that only 6% of, of workers in trades are female. Um, we're a very small minority. And every every day, every year, there are more women joining the trades, and I really want, I really want to show young girls and boys and anybody that if you put your mind to something, and it's completely out of the normal, but it's what you love to do, then do it because it's you feel so rewarded and fulfilled in life doing something that you're passionate about versus doing a job that you're doing just because of whatever and you're not enjoying it your your life will be so much more fulfilled if you're doing something that you are passionate about and truly love doing and for me welding is an art it's an art form in itself i every day i strive to lay down the perfect weld bead and and just make sure that all of my welds are strong enough to pass inspection and then and so that in, when they're working in the field and when the machine I have built is completed, that it will last and it will, and the farmer can use it for years to come and not have to come in every, after every seeding or every harvest to get it fixed. 
and she is currently taking her post-secondary education at Saskatchewan Polytechnic in Moose Jaw. Farm Bulletin Board. The Canadian Association of Farm Advisors is holding a parkland learning event here in Yorkton. The program's available under the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. It'll be held Wednesday, November 29th from 9 until 10.30 in the morning at Community Futures Ventures on Smith Street East in Yorkton. However, you must RSVP by November 26th to Denise at philipchuckmanagement.com. So once again, that's coming up Wednesday, November 29th here in Yorkton. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock, time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Sunny skies, winds northwest at 15 to 25, then diminishing, a high of minus 8. For tonight, mainly clear, winds south-southwest at 10 to 20, a low of minus 15. For tomorrow, sunny, winds southwest at 15 to 30, a high of minus 2, an overnight low of minus 5. For Saturday, a 70% chance of late-day snow, winds northwest increasing to 20 to 35, and a high of 0. For Sunday, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries, a high of minus 7. And Monday, mainly cloudy with a 40% chance of light snow, a high of minus 7 with rising temperatures in the evening. In the Paw, it's minus 9 degrees. Swan River is at minus 11. Dauphin and Brandon, minus 10. Show Lake Russell and Roblin, minus 13. Regina, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington all reporting in at minus 11. Saskatoon, minus 12. Hudson Bay, minus 10. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, a north-northwest wind at 18 kilometers an hour. 57% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 10 degrees with the wind chill, it feels more like minus 17 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskag today. For today, be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Saskag Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.